Is there any questions around this? There are a lot of questions around this. So Nick, I don't know if there's... Yeah, um, this is quite a topic. So a lot of questions have come through. Um, I've tried to spit them, a lot of them quite practical, yeah. actually, and how to walk this out. Okay. Uh, if you're feeling it yourself or if you are involved with friends who are yeah. um, homosexual. So let's just, I'm going to go with the, the top, the, the most thumbed up question out of the whole series actually is this. How do we deal with an LGBTQ person and what can we do to help them? And then is it, bad, is it a bad thing to be a part of the LGBTQ? Is it bad to be part of the? LGBTQ. Let's just go with the G. Is, is, it, it, bad bad, is it bad to be part of that community? Yes. Or? I think it's not saying is it bad to be that, but is it but bad, it's bad to be, bad a to be associated it? with that? Mm. So I think the, the, the core of this is how do we deal with yeah. the LGBTQ person and what can we do to help them? So put LGBTQ aside. What would you do to a person that you know that's committing adultery? How would you deal with them? What would you do to the person that's addicted to pornography and masturbation? How would you deal with them? Friends, everybody needs Jesus. This is a gospel thing. Not differentiating which sin we struggle with the most. The way we deal with all people is with love and grace and kindness. Introduce them to Jesus. When Jesus gets into the heart and when Jesus becomes everything, they'll leave everything to follow him. Pick up your cross and follow me. What happens is when you fall in love with Jesus. Is it bad to be associated with sinners? Jesus was. He ate with them. He was called, you are a drunken and a glutton just like them. Because he was hanging with them. Can I just say this? If you struggle with same-sex attraction, don't associate, don't be in those in circles because you're going to get tempted possibly beyond what you can bear. But for those that don't, Extend the love of Jesus and don't care what people say. Once again, if this was your child, what would you do? All the rules change when it becomes your kid that's struggling in this area. What do you do? How do you deal with it? This is a family. And for those outside there, when they meet you and find that you're a Christian and actually want to hear their story, they'll be blown away because they think condemnation and judgment is going to come from the church rather than kindness and love. It doesn't mean you agree with them. Friends, what I've laid out tonight is what I agree biblically is the stance of the, of the church of Jesus Christ. But I want homosexual, gay, LGBTQ and every plus to come through that door and to find a family that will love them and care for them to the point that they meet Jesus. And then after they've met Jesus, Jesus and the Holy Spirit will begin to stir their hearts as they read the scriptures, as they develop friendships and have real conversations. In the same way as you don't get rid of porn in one day, you're not gonna get rid of this in one day. 
You didn't come into it in one day. You're not going to get out of it in one day. Patient and careful instruction, the Bible says. Journey with people. Well, then, Stan, I think that's, you answered that very well. The ne- one of the other questions is, what if a friend says they believe in being gay and being Christian? They say they love God and praise Him, but continue to remain gay. Again, same-sex attraction and an active gay lifestyle. The problem is, whenever the kind of homosexual term or the gay, it's kind of like a, um, it's like an ideology. It's like a lifestyle that's attached to it. It's like, um, it's identity. It's a group identity. It's a belonging. When in fact we should be belonging to Jesus. Okay? So if somebody comes to you and, say, and says, I am a Christian, and I'm, but I'm a practicing homosexual, the question I would ask is this. Do you believe the scripture is authoritative? Do you believe the scriptures have authority in your life greater than the authority of your feelings and your beliefs? And then we go through the scriptures and we wrestle through the scriptures and trust that the Holy Spirit does their work. It doesn't need condemnation. It does not need unkindness. It doesn't need judgment. Judgment pushes people away. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, it says in Ephesians, on Romans, chapter 2. So I don't know how you can be, and there are, there's, a church, there's churches in Durban that are gay-friendly, LGBT-friendly churches. They have kids' ministry and everything. Adopted kids, obviously, and kind of kids from one partner. The theology of, of the, the gay theology is way more sophisticated than what it used to be 10 or 15 years ago. You need to know your stuff. You need to get into the scriptures and read the texts and know your stuff. Because somebody that comes there and knows their stuff will argue rings around you and you're thinking, oh, well, cheapers, maybe it is. It's not. But uh, authority of the scriptures is a huge thing. That's why it is so important to know the scriptures and be in the scriptures. Um, so there are a couple of questions that have come through, particularly uh, with dealing with homosexual people in a church context. Yeah. So I've got one question and then a follow-up straight after it as well. So what if a homosexual couple start coming to church? At what point do we engage in the conversation with them regarding their relationship? And then to follow on after that is how would the church navigate having a gay couple in the congregation and them eventually wanting to get married? So the first question is, what if a homosexual couple start coming mm. to church? At what point do we mm. engage in a conversation with them regarding their relationship? Mm. With unbelievable difficulty. <laughs> Can we just give them yourself a number? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so difficult. The first thing we do is we don't talk to them about their homosexuality or their gay, their gay relationship. That's not the first thing you do. The first thing you do is you love them and you care for them and you have them around for dinner and you allow the Holy Spirit and Jesus to minister to them. That's the first thing, gospel. 
power of the gospel. And when you built enough of a bridge, and when you, friends, we're not worried about what people think. I don't care what people think if we're loving all people. What do you do to a man? Remember, widen the thing. What do you do with a man who comes to church with another woman when you know that he's married? And they're living together, but you know he's married to somebody else. We wouldn't ask that question. We'd love them. We'd get to know them, find out what's going on, find out the history, the story, the, what's happening, and ask the Holy Spirit for the wisdom to minister at the right time, at the right moment, to set them free. And that might mean getting divorced first and then getting married here. God hates divorce. I'm not condoning divorce. But you don't know what the situation is, what the context is. There's no right answer for these things. It's by the wisdom of God. But all of it is, is put through the lens of love, kindness, and care. Not through judgment and condemnation. And the second question was, what, what would we do? I wouldn't marry them. I can't. Number one, legally I can't. I found out from Vessel this week. My marriage license doesn't. My marriage license in South Africa is for a marriage between a husband and wife, man and woman. The partnership that comes with the same-sex partnership is a different category. So we actually can't marry them legally. But I could not do that. In the same way, by the way. In the same way as I would not marry a believer and an unbeliever. I'd be very, I want to say never, I don't want to say never, I'd be very hesitant to do that. In the same way as I wouldn't marry a man who's addicted to pornography and now going to get married to his girlfriend. I wouldn't marry them. Because they're not ready, he's not ready to get married. Go and get married to somebody else. I'm not going to do it though because I know this is not going to go well. The kingdom of God is not going to come through this marriage and you're not going to get fixed by getting married. Again, what would you do? Think wider. What would you do there? And often the situation is not that different. It is more complex. The, co the situation is way more political. It's way more heated, the conversation. You're going to be called a bigot. You're going to be called old school, narrow-minded, um, judgmental church person. That's not what we should be known as. We should be known as those people that, when they look at our lives and they see all the good that we do, we think, I can't believe you believe that when you do so much good. I can't believe you believe that about same-sex marriage, but yet you're so loving and kind and embracing of everybody. How does that work? Um, okay. Would it be wrong to attend a same-sex wedding of a close friend? And how can one navigate this graciously? Again, I don't know if that there's, a, there's a rule for this. Because going to the wedding doesn't mean you're condoning it. Going to the wedding means I love you. 
If I was the mom or the dad of that person, if I was the mom or dad of that person, I would be at the wedding. That's my son or daughter. Not even a question. If I was a church leader, it would be trickier because I'm leading sheep, I'm pastoring sheep. Will some weak sheep stumble at that? I don't know. I'd have to ask God. But there's nothing inherently wrong with going to a gay person's wedding if you don't believe in that. I don't believe. And there's people in the life of this church who are brothers and sisters who are gay and have had to work through these things with kids sleeping over. Can my kids go and sleep over with my sister and her girlfriend or her, her wife? in their home Uh, I don't know lots of questions pastorally this is where it hits the road is what do you do in these moments some churches believe if you're gay you can't take communion if you're gay you can't be baptized for me you can't get out of whatever sin you're in unless you're baptized of course you put your sin into the water and come out with new life You need every part of the body and the blood of Jesus. If you're a believing, being a believer believes you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and King. And you receive his forgiveness and you live the life that, and he lived the life you didn't live. He lived a straight, celibate life that you have not lived so that you could be counted righteous. And he died the death that you did not die so that you can live. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. We live the gospel out as best as we know how. With sensitivity, but with an understanding of God's words, where we're not shaken and tossed by every wind of teaching that comes through and intimidated by the culture of the world around these issues. It's very difficult. It's the first time since I've been leading that I've given a talk on this. I've been waited all week by this trying to read as widely as possible, trying to make sure that my heart is in the right place, that the tone of the conversation is right, not just the words. I think potentially t- uh, two last questions, Stan. The first one, which is very prevalent, is how do you navigate a gay family member when you're raising children God's way? Do you have them for dinner with their partner, or do you say you can't come without being with, if you're going to be overtly gay in front of my kids? It's real. It's all very well when it's somebody else, but when it's your family, the game changes. Now what? Because I love my sister. I don't like her lifestyle. I don't like her choices. Can I just say this? I'll get to this now. You know the saying, we, love, we, we, love, we hate the sin, but we love the sinner. And often we say that in the homosexual conversation. Friends, that is so... Um, self-righteous in some manner or form. Like for me, that, that saying has got, a, has got an edge to it that is actually not helpful because of what it basically conveys. I actually wrote this down here. If you want to get to it here. It's like we get self-righteous 
And then we vilify the sins that we don't struggle with. We condemn the sins very strongly that we don't struggle with. It's so self-righteous. We do hate all sin. And we love all people. Whether they're sinners or whether they're not sinners. We love all people. What would you do if your gay sister gets married to another woman? I don't know. There's options. I've had this conversation with people. They wrestle with it. What must we do? And I'm like, I don't know. What you feel comfortable with. You see, when the kids get to their later teenage years, it's not such an issue because they've got a measure of understanding and they can wrestle with these issues. They can understand these issues. But when they're very young, they're being formed. So I'd be looser as they get older and probably a little bit tighter when they're younger. I'd probably have those moments in my house, not in their house. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking on my feet. Sensitive, sensitive things that you need lots of wisdom. Find, get people that have wrestled with these. That's why we have a community. If you've got those things, come and speak to me. I can put you in touch with people that have wrestled with these things and, and journeyed in these things and wrestled with these same questions. They can tell you what they did, but it doesn't mean that that's what you must do. You must do what God tells you to do as best as you know how. Absolutely. We've, we've actually had to deal with that exact question in our, in our family with the young kids. And we just, we just hit the nail straight on the head. We just explained to them. Because they ask the questions that boys will ask. Yeah, yeah. say, so, hey, that's not, we've never seen this. What's going on? Yeah. And, we, and so we just decided we'd be as honest as the, that's the, the questions they ask us is you try and explain it your way or go into a deeper, you just get yourself into a rabbit hole. Yeah. Rather just answer the questions as honest as possible yeah, as honest and then go to possible. people who have dealt with it uh, before, good. but it's all going to be different because everyone's family is unique and different yeah. in its own way. Um, uh, you want to do one more? Yeah, do just do one more. Yeah, um, okay. So th this is also another one dealing with uh, a very similar situation and it's more prevalent now um, in the schools, but if your child has a best friend, um, whose parents are homosexual. How does one handle that friendship and the relationship with those parents? Very carefully, with wisdom. <laughs> I don't know. I've never experienced it before. I don't know. The bridge of love and acceptance in a sense, I, I love you and I see you, but the, the protective of a young child's heart and their things and that other friends and the way they're growing up, we've got two dads or two moms, it's, it's, it's strange, it's difficult, I don't understand it and I don't know what the interactions would be like, you would have to literally, I think, journey with them one by, kind of moment by moment and deal with things and be as honest as you can and just say, this is what we believe, this as a family, we believe just the Bible is this and Jesus is that and, and be as honest with the kids as possible but all of these questions, I don't know if there's a right answer to because I think everyone is slightly nuanced and you've got to use wisdom, profound wisdom to deal with them. Because uh, you don't want your kids growing up with a homophobic attitude. But on the other hand, you also want to protect your kids' formation and their heart and their, their sexuality. So um, 
you kind of hold those things in tension. That's it. Yeah, I think there's the last question there. I know it's because it's one of your favorite sitcoms that you absolutely love and adore. Yes. But is it okay to watch homosexual things like Modern Family? I, Stan loves Modern Family. I absolutely hate Modern Family because of that. And my kids love it. I'm like, that guys, it's not even funny. <laughs> not even funny. Like, I'm thinking, I'm not even funny, you know? Listen, they've got into it now in their later years. Their kind of sexuality is being formed and being formed. So it's probably not as big as a thing as a five-year-old watching that. But again, so for me, I, I, hate, I hate movies that have got adultery in them. hate it. I can't deal with it. And I hate movies that have got overt homosexuality where it's celebrated. Because it's, so, it's, it's part of the propaganda war that has been on for the last 20 or 30 years, probably the most successful propaganda war that has ever been waged. You must hear the story of it. You must hear the profound story of it. Um, it's written in a book that you can, can't even get hold of anymore. I can't. And the ones that are available are like 2,000 rand. Um, John Tyson's talk on controversial, controversial Jesus series. John Tyson is an Aussie um, pastor in New York City, and he did a series a couple of years ago called Controversial Jesus. And, and one of his things is Jesus and the gay community. Listen to that. It's like an hour and a half long, and it's way better than mine, probably. Definitely. And he talks in the beginning part of that, of the, talks about this book and how this, this story has been developed over years with very intentional, very intentional um, ideas and ideology around it to get us to the place that we are now where you cannot watch a movie every movie every movie you're waiting okay who's the lesbian and who's the gay guy in this movie when's it coming wonder who it's, oh, that's my guess i wonder who it's going to be besides the plot i'm thinking i wonder is she going to turn out gay or you know we got there and it's just expected and it's got to the stage where me talking like this In a, in a bad tone or in a judgmental way can get me arrested. It's got to that. But our, past, our task as the church is to present Jesus well. It's all about Jesus. Find Jesus, present Jesus, present the love of Jesus, walk out by the spirit of Jesus and allow God to minister to people because the more rampant this becomes, the more Jesus is going to shine. And the more Jesus is going to make sense when the revelation of Jesus breaks in. And so, yeah, that's all I can say about that. I think um, just one thing from my side is the reason why this is such a, a heavy topic or a big topic, for lack of a better word, is you know, the, the enemy cannot create something new. Only God can create something new. So the enemy can only counterfeit what's there. And if you look throughout Scripture, from Genesis through to Revelation, there's such an emphasis and the correlation between godly marriage, man, woman, rightful sex in its, in its covenant place, and the, the relation to God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and our, and, our, and our growth as Christians in that space. So what the enemy tries to do is to take that very core fundamental and then to counterfeit that, and that's to warp it and to change it and to pervert it in its way. So that, that in my opinion, is why it's such a weighted thing. Because the enemy is trying to counterfeit something that is true and something that is good. And, and when we do, 
when Jan and I do weddings, I say this in every single wedding that we do, that the world is actually craving good marriage examples. The world is actually wanting to see the truth. The world is not wanting to not see the truth because that's actually our inner core and our inner design. So my encouragement to everyone here is the world is actually wanting to have the conversation. Often we can behave in fear, but the, this is why we need to educate ourselves and actually remember these scriptures that Stan has actually said because the, as Stan has mentioned now, it's, it's gotten beyond where you can just say, well, you know what, it's, the, Bible it's, says. the Bible says. You actually have to know what you're talking about. Um, so that's like, even in home groups and your conversations, like, it's good to equip ourselves in this, but the fundamental is always to come across, just like you would in every other factor in the Christian community, you always come across in love. Exactly. I mean, I this week had a, had a moment with a man who <clears throat> he is one of four kids of his, from his mother, or five kids of his mother, but his mother is one of five wives of his dad. And you think, oh Jesus, what does that look like? It's equally not biblical. And so there's these wrestles across society, not just, not just with homosexuality, but uh, polygamy and cultural things that kind of violate the word of God. Not all culture's bad, but every culture needs to be critiqued by, critiqued by the kingdom of God. Every culture, every single culture. All of us come from a culture. So, um, and we've got to be allow God, the kingdom of God and the, and the word of God to break into these things and tenderize our hearts so that we can live the life that we call to live which is freedom joy and full of life so um bless you guys hope that's been hope that's been helpful um please hope you've enjoyed this series and um like i said it is going to be uploaded and please come and chat to me if there's questions don't go away angry with me come and talk to me and um and i'll put you on to nick and then no, but please come and talk to me. These are, these are I'll moments. I'll put you onto Brandon. So yeah. <laughs> these are things that we've got to talk about. The problem is we don't talk about them. Shame thrives in silence, secrecy, and judgment. We don't want any of that. So bless you guys. Have an amazing rest of the week.